Welcome back to West Bev. I'm Caitlin. I'm Ariel. And this is your Beverly Hills 90210 podcast, where we break down every episode of the 10-season show. Today, we're talking about Season 5, Episode 25, Double Jeopardy. Mary, what happened this week? Donna tries to call Ray like a million times. He finally calls her back and David answers because Claire left and Donna was in the shower and it's a whole thing. Ray explains why he wasn't able to get his messages for so long and invites Donna to Portland to see him for spring break. Donna's like, hell yeah, let's do that. And David's like, what a coincidence. I will also be in Portland because like my mom or whatever, we should totally hang out. And Donna's like, yeah, cool. Brandon has a chance for a spot on College Jeopardy, a lifelong dream. Kelly thinks that's neat. Also, maybe don't call and tell Andrea about it on account of that affair she had. Claire is also super obsessed with Jeopardy and also has a chance to be on the show. Steve and Donna are more than happy to help their friends prepare for their Jeopardy tests if pushing them deeper into competitive mindset is helping. Chancellor Arnold also helps on that front in a really ridiculous way. Andrea and Jesse have couples counseling, and it's not going great. Jesse won't talk about his feelings in front of a stranger, the person they're paying to help them, but then tells Andrea when they're at home that she isn't the girl he fell in love with anymore. Jesse asks Dylan if he can live with him for a little while and promises not to be a bother if Dylan says yes. Dylan says yes, and Jesse is nothing but everywhere and loud. Also, he has a lot of questions about Andrea's affair that Dylan would rather not answer. Andrea asks Val to babysit because Cindy vouches for her, not realizing by babysit, Val meant take Hannah to Dylan's house to sit in her stroller while they bang, except she didn't know Jesse was there and that his response would be what it was. Anyway, Jesse says Dylan and Val are Andrea's friends and not his, and he's going to his mom's house with Hannah if Andrea needs him or whatever. Andrea goes to the pee pad where she's supposed to meet Val and Hannah, but runs into Claire and Brandon's best friend's Jeopardy grudge match hosted by Steve. Andrea sits and watches. Kelly learns Andrea was also asked to play College Jeopardy, and Kelly's like, you should play against these two and make them stop fucking fighting. She proves once again that she can kick everyone's ass at knowledge and bell ringing speed too, I guess. Andrea and Jesse have a big fight because Andrea was talking to a lawyer when she needed a babysitter. Jesse goes back to Dylan's to pick up some stuff he forgot and Dylan tells Jesse to stop being a lawyer for a second and start being a human and feel his feelings and talk about them with his wife. Brandon and Andrea have a heart to heart and Andrea reveals that she's been backing away from the things she's wanted and she hasn't been happy in a long time. Brandon and Claire tell Andrea to take the college Jeopardy test. She does. Jesse meets up with Andrea to tell her he loves her and wants to come home. And then she's on Jeopardy. (laughs) (laughs) I have a paragraph. I just don't want to read it. (laughs) I'm just going to leave it at that. So I think my favorite part is that the episode ends while she's writing out her double Jeopardy question on the screen and you're like supposed to assume they won. But then if you go to the wiki, it literally just says Andrea wins Jeopardy. Well, yeah, like they couldn't have made it more obvious because when she has her little dream, it's basically the same question, just reworded. But they don't show, just show me. Yeah. I see it. Yeah, there wasn't really a point to just being like, huh? Right? Huh? <laughs> it's really close. She might not get it. 
No. We all know. Just show it. Just let everybody cheer for her. Give her a good yeah. moment. That's a good point. Like, don't don't make her have this moment to herself. Let her have a happy moment with her friends. And, like, yeah, don't put it in off screensville. Let me see it. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. Mm-hmm. Which also – we better see something about them being like, we just won like $80,000 on Jeopardy. What are we going to do with it? Yeah. I wonder how much the prize money actually was. Cause I saw, I was like reading the titles or titles. I don't know where <laughs> that came from. The amounts. And it was like, Andrea was at like 8,600 or 8,650 or something like that. And the others were in the $8,000 range. She was definitely in the lead. So even if she doubled it, that'd be like 17 grand. Right. And I don't know how much they did back then, but also in College Jeopardy, I think they would do something like a hundred or fifty or twenty-five grand or something like that, regardless of what your actual earnings were. So yeah, what does she do with that money? That's a lot of money. I mean, realistically, if Andrea is the person we she thinks she is, she will put it in like a five two nine for Hannah or start paying off college debt. Or both, because like all you need is, you know, a certain amount to start the five two nine. And then start paying off college or whatever. Very fair. Also, if you were going to go on Jeopardy, would you rather want Donna coaching you or Steve? Donna. See, I think Steve. Well, here's the thing. Because Steve is trying to get you to find loopholes. and But it's, like, it's not f- loopholes. It's actual strategy. It is, but you still also have to know the answer to the question, or rather, the question to the answer, because if you ring fast, and to Brandon's point, if you ring the bell, but you don't know, you lose money. So would you rather ring always and lose always, or ring fast, but also know the answer, or like ring a little bit slower, but I also know the answer, question, whatever. <laughs> but to be fair, at the beginning of this episode is just Brandon getting trivia questions right, so it's kind of presumed that he already has the trivia answers. No, that's fair. I think if you're a really strong player, then yeah, absolutely, bell speed matters. It also matters, and it's actually buzzer speed in Jeopardy, not bells, but it's besides the point. Um, there's also strategy with how you play the board, too, mm-hmm. which they don't even talk about that, like because... I want to say <laughs> in Claire's dream, she's just going for the 200s. Girl, go for the thousands. Especially when every answer on the board is Brandon Walsh. Yes. You want the slow path to a lot of money? Sure, do that. <laughs> but also my argument against Donna is that she let Claire keep answering or forming the questions in French, mm. which does not help. No, that's fair. That's fair. I think I would just rather have a ray of sunshine or an angel on earth if I've ever seen one coach me rather than Steve stage mom Sanders. <laughs> Very fair. I will allow that. I mean, I just watched the episode of Jane the Virgin where Rogelio finally has a breakthrough in therapy about his mother being his like manager, his momager, and not his mom. <laughs> I love Rogelio de la Vega. And look at that. Rogelio did better in therapy than Jesse did. Exactly. And Rogelio was even against therapy in the beginning. But he was like, okay, Zoe, I'll go with you so you can learn about yourself. Yeah. Anywho. Anywho. Speaking of stage bombs, I suppose. The episode opens with Family Jeopardy, which is 
the cutest thing I've ever seen in my life. I just love it is. that Kelly is there with Brandon, Jim, and Cindy, like eating ice cream and watching Jeopardy. I also love that it wasn't always just Brandon who was good at Jeopardy, but they specifically say Brenda was really good at it too. Which I love. <laughs> I also loved Cindy being like, Jim is not. Yeah, <laughs> me too. He couldn't get like layups, you know, like even the sports one that he really liked and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I did really love that Brandon gets this one question right about basketball, which again, layups, it's basketball. Brandon probably knows these with his hands tied behind behind his back. Mm -hmm. And everyone's like, oh my God, you have to be on Jeopardy. You're so amazing. This was so good. Like I can answer Jeopardy questions, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, I think they were just trying to show that Brandon has range when it comes to knowledge. And that's the point, right? Like you can be really good at the pop culture questions or you can be really good at the sports questions or whatever. But if you don't know the random ass fact about the Aztecs or about that one art painting that was in the Louvre, but is no longer in the Louvre and you know, like whatever, then you're not going to be good at Jeopardy because you have to know a little about a lot of things. Mm-hmm. I listened to a couple years ago. I listened to a podcast interview with Alex Trebek. Oh, RIP. I know. Mm-hmm. I also read his book. I apparently love Alex Trebek more than I thought I did. How can you not? Very the man cool. is wonderful. Yeah. So, in this uh, podcast that he did, he said that, like, the way to get past the question, there's always like some sort of clue in the question to kind of guide you to the answer. Yep. And after listening to that, every time I watch Jeopardy, I try and pick out the clue and I never, mm-hmm. like, I can't do it. Well, I it's can't. especially true in the word, um, the word categories. Mm-hmm. Like if it's a spelling or if it's a um, context, it's context clues is yeah, what it is. Exactly. And yeah, I've figured that out. And Nate's like, how did you know that? And I'm like, oh, because they said this in the answer or something like that. And I don't always get it because I just don't know enough facts, but like, in some categories that I'm good at, I can generally pick it out. Even if I don't know the answer, I know what they're looking for. I just don't know it. Which would also be really good uh, strategy that Steve could have told Brandon in addition to the buzzing. He could have been like, you That's buzz true. really fast when you see the context clues. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Man, I I loved that this episode was about literal Jeopardy because I also tried out for College Jeopardy every single year. Did you really? <laughs> Never got – oh, yeah, every year. I tried out in high school. I tried out in college and a little bit after college too, but I, like, never, ever got past the first test or whatever it was. I mean, I'm not that good at Jeopardy. I just – Love the idea. <laughs> oh, I love the idea. And I love that you tried out for it. That makes me <laughs> yeah. very happy. <laughs> I mean, like, to kind of bring it back to the episode, like, they're like, oh, my God, you should try out for Jeopardy. And Brandon's like, oh, yeah, I did. And they are so ecstatic. Mm-hmm. And they're like, you're a shoe in You're handsome. You're student body president. You're so smart. Because all of those things matter when it comes to answering Jeopardy. <laughs> I just love that, like, they're literally listing out, like, Brandon's CV. Mm-hmm. And Brandon tells us that he and Andrea both tried out. And he's going to go see how Andrea did because he already heard back. This is when Kelly follows him into the kitchen and, like, puts her little finger on the hang-up button and is like, you shouldn't be doing that right now. Yep. 
And he's like, uh, why? And you can tell she doesn't really want to, but she does because he does make that comment about like, hey, if you know a secret, you know, I'm like grandfathered in basically, which true to right? to to an extent, but mostly true. And so she reveals, you know, she drops the bomb about Andrea's affair. But it's interesting that she doesn't say anything about Jesse's affair because he also had one. Yeah, I noticed that. I was like, did Andrea keep her mouth shut about Jesse's business, but then like tell her friends about her dalliances? I mean, I can see that. That kind of tracks for Andrea because she's never been a spiteful person. Um. So I could see, you know, even in the back of her mind, thinking that maybe Jesse needs someone on his side. So maybe she didn't want to reveal it to all her friends because she knows that they would take her side. Mm. I Yeah, I kind of get the feeling Andrea doesn't actually want to hurt anybody. Yeah. Like, she's been unhappy and she, in my opinion, did something stupid. But that mm-hmm. she never did any of this to hurt Jesse. Yeah, exactly. Which... I mean, the next scene is both Jesse and Andrea getting back from couples therapy and Jesse didn't like it. And Andrea's like, well, you weren't giving productive responses. Like, you need to actually buy in and talk. That's the whole reason that this would even work in the first place. Yeah, for sure. And then ultimately it causes Jesse to, you know, say that she is just not the girl that he fell in love with, which, you know, he starts listing all these qualities that Andrea had. I say had because she still has them. She didn't just, you know, no longer have those qualities. Yeah. But it confirms everything we've we've been talking about, about how they're changing Andrea. Um, But on the bright side, and this is kind of a little bit of that redemption that I was talking about, she ends up standing up for herself. And she's like, hey, man, I got pregnant. And then we made all these decisions together. You know, she's kind of saying like, I didn't just stop being that person. Our circumstances changed and we decided to continue on this path together. Mm -hmm. I thought it was really interesting. I think she says it here and it gets repeated later that Andrea says she's a housewife. Mm -hmm. Because like when I think housewife, I think like stay at home mom. Right. Like a homemaker. Yeah. But Andrea is in school and has a job and is helping raise Hannah with Jesse. Like. I don't know. It seems like the show kind of makes housewife out to be a bad thing. Which is unfair. Pretty, Yeah, it's pretty unfair. And it's also, unfortunately, pretty on the nose for that time period. I mean, yeah, yeah people still look down at those who choose to stay at home and think it's not work <laughs> and think it's not a full-time job um, caring for children and taking care and raising children. But yeah, it's uh, yeah. I think they're they're just trying to. I think they're trying to make the point that Andrea doesn't want to be be that, mm-hmm. even whatever it means. I mean, because she she's never wanted to be that. She has never expressed any interest in singularly being a mother and a wife. Yeah, or at least you know not now. Maybe later. Right. But yeah. they end up you know arguing pretty loudly about this, and Jesse goes to leave. And Andrea's like, you can't leave. That's not – you can't say these things to me and leave. That's not fair. And Jesse responds with, what is fair, Andrea? Mm-hmm. Which, brutal. Well, and I think what's bugging me a little bit too, and, and perhaps I'm just a little protective of um, 
of Andrea because she's a woman, as am I. But, you know, she was talking about all these decisions that they made together to to keep Hannah and to get married and all that stuff. And Jesse throws back in her face, I don't remember being consulted about Peter. Yeah. And it's like, dude, did you consult Andrea about your one night stand? And yeah, like maybe I'm being a little defensive, but it's not like he's a saint. Yeah, it's very interesting that like he drops that bomb about his affair, but then we keep focusing just on Peter. Exactly. And I understand it was more than a one-time thing. It was more than a one-time lapse in judgment. Like, I get that, but – and it's not about keeping score. No. You know, it's not about saying, well, Andrea cheated. Well, so did Jesse. It's not that. I think I'm just a little bit protective over Andrea. Yeah. I mean, because like you said, we've been saying this whole time, like, they've changed Andrea. This is not her. It's really – hard to not be on Andrea's side at this moment because she's so hurt yeah it's true not just this but like the last two seasons yeah it's true yeah so after Jesse leaves we go over to a scene on campus where Steve is helping Brandon strategize about the buzzer (laughs) I love that Brandon's like funny I thought knowing the right answer was everything but like we talked about like you need to know the right answer and know how to use the buzzer yeah, for sure. This is when Claire comes out, or Claire comes over, finds out. she come out. <laughs> my God, that's my dream. <laughs> Claire and Donna come over. Claire applied to. And I'm pretty sure Steve snorts. Yeah. He does. They both react like either you, you tried out, like how in the world would you make it? Like, not understanding that Claire is brilliant. Really smart. I think, is it after, Claire leaves, and then Donna's the one that's like, oh, Claire spends hours every night playing Jeopardy on her computer. And they're like, so what's what's the big deal about that? And then she adds, in French. I know. It was like, drop the mic, walk away. Like, yeah, because Claire basically comes up all confident, and then just, like, pieces out, and Donna's like guys I don't know why you're not taking her seriously (laughs) like so cute and bubbly like Donna is and then yeah just completely owns by saying she answers all her questions in French which I will say now that we're talking about it like I want Donna in my corner at all times like if I actually got on Jeopardy I would need a Donna in the front row like cheering for me yeah a hundred percent like that's I think that's the thing is because if I if if I was like Brandon, and which I am, I guess, <laughs> and watched Jeopardy all through high school and have been dying to be on it, I would already know these things, like know the little like clues about, you know, how you read the uh, answers and how you buzz in fast and like things like that. So I feel like Steve literally is like he has good intentions because he wants Brandon to win but he's not necessarily like cheering for Brandon he's just like all right you need to win and this is how and you need to get all that money right I don't know like I mean you definitely want all of them like later on the episode when they all band together behind Andrea that's that's what I need but like yes I think what I want is Donna cheering for me what I need is Steve being like a sports coach being like yeah this is how you're gonna win the game here's the play Right. No, that's a good point. He's like the um, tactician and Donna is like the pep talk. 
It's like you need both. Which Donna has also been the tactician. Do you remember when Ray had stage fright? Like <laughs> Donna can do it all. Oh my god, Donna just needs her chalkboard. <laughs> that would make me so here's the buzzer. You're just gonna yeah. press the buzzer. <laughs> oh my gosh. After the mic drop, we get this kind of like weird scene. I don't Okay. So Kelly and David go to Jackie's in order to pick up Aaron. They walk into Jackie's house and then walk all the way up to her bedroom before realizing Mel is at her house and in bed with her. I am David this entire scene. He is like eyebrows raised, clearly traumatized by what he is seeing. He's like, the fuck is going on? (laughs) Right? And like, oh my God, little baby Aaron being like, daddy's home. I was like, that's cute, but I'm very suspicious. Oh, 100%. Again, I just watched the episode of Jane the Virgin where Mateo sees Jane and Raphael kiss and he just all the way assumes that, oh, hey, this is going to work out because he's five. Yeah, which is probably around where Aaron is. Exactly. So, yeah, don't just be together before you've decided if you're going to be together, like, for real, for real. Exactly. Because poor baby Aaron has is convinced you're back forever. Yeah. And it it's weird because I'm pretty sure Kelly's like, what's going on here? And Mel and Jackie are like, take a wild guess. Yeah, take a wild guess. <laughs> like, I think one of them says like even wilder or something like gross. <laughs> yeah. And to be fair, after they leave the bedroom, they're like, they looked so happy. It was disgusting, wasn't it? And it's like, that's, yes, it was disgusting. Yes. Yes. But then, like, David gets all introspective and is suddenly like, man, I can't believe Jackie would forgive my dad for what he did to her. But you can tell he's clearly less thinking about, you know, Mel and Jackie, more thinking about him. And at first it seems like maybe Claire, Mm -hmm. but in reality it's Donna because, like, Kelly's like, oh, you know, do you think – is this about Claire or whatever? And he's like, well, no – I wish Donna would forgive me, which, you know, I'm really conflicted about because, like, we've been saying the last couple of episodes, they've just been, like, planting the seed, giving us Mm -hmm. little building blocks, trying to get David back in Donna's um, orbit a little bit. Yeah. And I just don't know how I feel. I'm not ready. I think I'm like Donna. I'm not ready for David to be back in my life. And I think, I don't remember which episode it was where we talked about like what's worse what David did to her or what Ray is doing to her right did to her assuming he's done with Val and now that they're like making it really obvious that David wants to be back with her I'm a little worried that she's gonna find out with about Ray break up with him and then like run back into David's arms yeah no I'm afraid of that too I need there to be If they do end up putting David and Donna back together now, because we know they end up together later, Mm -hmm. but if they put put them together now, I need there to be some time in between Ray and David. I don't need it to be a, like you said, almost a result of whatever happens with Ray and Donna. Yeah. And I need whoever Donna is with in that period in between to not cheat on her, not shame her for being a virgin, not... Try and force her into having sex with them. Like, 
Yeah. I just wanted to have a really good relationship, but then like somehow realize that she's in love with David and that's how they get back together. Right. Like I am totally fine with Donna and David turning into a will they, won't they, as long as it's not just Donna keeps getting shit on and David just gets her back. Yeah. No, I totally agree with that. Yeah. And speaking of Donna, she is at the beach apartment trying to leave a message for Ray because she hasn't heard from him in a while and she is worried that it's out of sight, out of mind. Which, which is a valid fear. It's a totally valid fear. Like, I genuinely cannot imagine dating someone without cell phones. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And even with cell phones, when you're long distance, it's mm-hmm. tough. You know? Right? I mean, it's wild. So one of my old coworkers, she has been with her boyfriend for a long time now, like several, several years. But they started dating in college. And then he joined, I believe it was, I don't remember if it was the Navy. I think it is the Navy because he's been in San Diego. But they've basically been in a long-distance relationship since they graduated college. And he was coming home um, just on leave for a little bit before going back to San Diego to propose. I don't know if he has yet or if that's happened. But it's and it's adorable, and I'm so happy for them. But I'm like, man. How'd you do it? Like, how have you been doing this for years? Well, and think about, like, with the Navy, if they have to go out on the ships, they're not going to get cell service. You're right, gonna, like, exactly. You're going to, like, maybe get emails. I know. It's wild. Like, I have so wild. much respect for couples that can do this. And if they if this is what they agreed upon, stay loyal and monogamous and things like that. Um, and then come back even stronger. Like, that poof I couldn't do it I'm way too codependent (laughs) I know right like John and I spent what like technically two years being like an hour away from each other and he was in Athens and I was in Atlanta and then we switched Mm -hmm. and that sucked and that was like an hour and we could come home on weekends oh yeah I was away from Nate for six months Like, he was in Atlanta and I was in Athens, and then I moved back to my mom's house for a little bit until I could afford getting an apartment in Atlanta, and I hated it. It was awful. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like it barely counts, but Michael and I worked opposite schedules for literally more than 50% of our relationship. I think that counts. counts. That totally counts. Yeah. Like, no weekends together, like, literally, like, two hours a night maybe and I would like not go to bed because I wanted to hang out with him and then I would like yeah. just fuck up my the whole rest of my day oh <laughs> gosh no. I I totally relate like there would be times where I wouldn't want to leave on Sundays so I just wouldn't and I'd have to wake up mm-hmm. at like four o'clock in the morning in order to make it back to Athens for class yep. or work no I did the I did the exact same thing I didn't want to leave on a Sunday so I just risk it and either not go to class or go to class but wake up really really early yeah it always sucked when I did it from Athens coming back to work on Mondays when Mm -hmm. I would go visit him because like you can't just not do that it was my first job I had like no PTO I had no uh status whatsoever and like I can't lie I can't be like I'm sick right (laughs) Yeah, I'd have to wake up so early just to sit in traffic and go to work just to, like, sleep next to him. Right. 
Right. Not even be awake, but just yeah. be in the presence. Just such dorks. I know. Such little dorks. Such little baby dorks. <laughs> Meanwhile, Donna is like legitimately doing a long distance thing where she can't talk to him. She doesn't see him. She like barely knows where he is because mm-hmm. right now he's just not available. Right. Yeah. They keep literally playing phone tag and missing each other. Yeah. Luckily, Claire is like, well, don't worry. David is available for you. Ugh. And I do, like, kind of appreciate this little scene where, like, Claire says, like, oh, me and David aren't talking. And, like, I think we'll be good friends one day. But yeah. just not now. Which I felt was actually kind of a meta line because I'm like, yeah, yeah. Sources say <laughs> you'll be good <laughs> friends. We'll never know. I know. Uh, and then Chancellor Arnold calls. And it's so weird. So weird. I hated this scene. It it, it was nothing. Like, no. I I do feel like they're trying to make Chancellor Arnold a comedic character. And I get it. I get what they're doing. I am not picking up what they're throwing down. Yeah. I'm not either. Because all the scene was, was Chancellor Arnold calling Claire to rag on Brandon to her. In front of him. Yeah. And then like stressing Claire out because she's not saying the things that he is. And then he hangs up the phone and he's like, I'm just messing with you, Brandon. And then some guy named Howard calls and we leave the scene. It was so strange. It was so strange. The only thing good about that scene is we see on Chancellor Arnold's desk a cute, adorable little baby picture. Not baby, but she was a little kid picture of Claire. (laughs) Aww. It was adorable. I think it's very interesting seeing Chancellor Arnold be a dad. Yeah. Because I kind of feel like we just, before this season, I don't think we've really seen that. No, the only time, yeah, no, no, not before this season. Um, The only time was like when Brandon took her to her prom. Yeah. And does that even really count? I know, because like that feels like eons ago. Um, feels like a whole other Claire ago. Um, it really was. But yeah, I I don't think we need, I don't know what you call them because they're not, faculty, there we go. Mm-hmm. I don't think we need faculty characters as connected to the friend group as we have Chancellor Arnold. Like I can understand it, like they're trying to give another one of the friend group a parent. So, you know, I get that. But we've, I think it's been more meaningful when we've had Professor Finley mm-hmm. as the cult leader, when we've had um, Lulu, oh, Lucinda, Lulu. and, and uh, Professor whatever his, um, her husband was named. Oh, yes. Randall? Yes. Yeah. Corey Randall. Yeah. That was more impactful because it was condensed, you know, scenes or here and there and not mm-hmm. trying to insert as like a direct relationship other than like what it then ended up being for each. But I don't know. I don't know how to explain it, but I just don't think we need like, st- we don't need a Mrs. Teasley in college. That's fair. Although Unless I it's would, Mrs. Teasley. I, say, I would not say no if Mrs. Teasley just showed up. <laughs> yeah. Same. If she feenied them and just came to college. But yeah, that scene is like five seconds long and then we cut away from it. Jesse's at the peach pit looking super sad and Dylan is there also, like, just reading and drinking coffee. And this is where Jesse starts getting real weird. 
Mm-hmm. Like, I don't I, – I appreciate what happened in this episode for Jesse because it feels right. Like, it does yeah. feel like something he would do, but that doesn't mean I like it. Yeah, I agree. He, like, starts spilling the beans about what's going on between him and Andrea. Mm-hmm. He – is starting to basically like hint at the fact that he can't stay at his mom's house or one of his friends' houses. And then literally as soon as he as soon as Dylan says the word offer, Jesse just assumes he means like as a place to stay. Which is so weird because he's also like, I know you saw Andrea at the motel. It's like why would you want to stay with him? Right. Like why Dylan of all people? Yeah. Like I stay at the beach apartment the walsh's i right like i mean he does say like oh you know i can't go to my parents because i don't want them to know about the trouble that we're having and i can't go to my best friends because he just had a baby but like it's hilarious to me that this show is like jesse has one friend that's yeah he has nowhere else to go yeah and then the one friend in the friend group i put friend in air quotes is the friend that he gave legal advice to yeah And, oh, by the way, happens to know about the affair before Jesse did. Yeah. It's a very, like, you owe me, but I'm not going to say you owe me. Yep. So that night, Brandon dreams about being the dumbest boy on Jeopardy. Yep. Because we have Trebek saying that Brandon is undeclared and has a 3.2 and they shame him for it. (laughs) And he literally turns into a clown. Oh, my God. That little clown. Like, how long did hair and makeup take to get him to look like that for a, like, jump scene or jump cut? <laughs> I know. Oh, and I love when Alex is like, who was that other person that was from CU? Oh, Claire Arnold? Yeah. How did we end up with this guy? I, literally, how did we end up with this clown? Amazing. And then he, like, wakes up in a cold sweat. Yeah. And then it's a perfect transition into the Jeopardy test because they've arrived And Steve is just stage bombing him, you know, basically like rubbing his shoulders, you know, giving him the final tidbits, like all that, trying to psych him up for the written test. And this is where you can see that that is not an effective way to coach Brandon because he's starting to get nervous because he had this dream and now he's getting a lot of pressure from Steve. Mm -hmm. Well, so Brandon and Claire go in and take their written test. While they're in Jeopardy testing, we get a short scene where Jesse's at Dylan's house, and he's very much not being quiet as a mouse, like he promised he would be. Yeah. And he's so chatty. He's like, do you want coffee? What's the screenplay? Oh, that motel that you saw my wife have an affair at. Like, he's quite literally hovering over Dylan's shoulder. He is. And Dylan is just not having it. He's so annoyed, and rightfully so, honestly. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Jesse is, like, pressuring him to tell him what happened at the motel, which, like, Dylan wasn't in the room. Right. Yeah. Luckily. Like, he just literally saw her and or Peter in their cars and then in the hotel and exiting the hotel. That's it. Yeah, that's it. And, like, Dylan is just had it up to here with Jesse and he's like oh well there were whips there were chains I got video what do you want yeah he's like all this crazy stuff to make Jesse stop asking yeah because he literally says like don't torture yourself yeah which true he shouldn't no he really should he needs to like 
not be doing this. But I, again, I get why Jesse is doing this, why he's like asking all these questions. Like he just really wants to know. And he doesn't trust Andrea to tell him the truth. Which is the whole other issue. Oh, yeah. I haven't even gotten to that part yet. Yeah. But he's like, okay, fine, fine. I'm done asking questions. I'll leave you alone. And then immediately sticks his head back out. I was like, do you have decaf? And whistles the whole time, too. I'm like, bruh. I would lose my mind. <laughs> Me, too. I'd be like, bruh, stay somewhere else. Go away. Go away. We go to... We go to CU campus where Cindy and Val are having lunch together on campus, which I think I love. <laughs> Best friends. I love it, but I'm also like, okay, this is our quote unquote nice girl Val. You know, yeah. this isn't real Val. And so I don't want anything bad to happen to Cindy. I just get a little wary when the agent of chaos is talking to a perfectly nice woman who's done nothing wrong. <laughs> well, and I think my favorite part is Cindy's like, oh my God, Jim and I should totally come to the club. Won't that be fun? And Val says nothing. <laughs> She's just like staring at them like, uh-huh. <laughs> Literally like, how do I get out of this? Thankfully, Andrea comes up with a baby. Yeah, I thank God for the baby. <laughs> Could you imagine Val, Cindy, and Andrea, like, I think Val would want to drill a hole into her head. Oh, my God. Yeah. She'd be like, I need every drug imaginable right now. <laughs> right. And I guess kind of speaking of that, Andrea needs someone to babysit and Val offers and they take her up on it. And I'm like, we, no. I'm just surprised that Val even offered. It's so weird. Like. They want her in the friend group, but not, but yes. Yeah. Is this just another you owe me situation? Oh. Interesting. But like, what does Andrea have to offer? That's to fair. Val specifically. Right, right, right. A husband mm. who's a lawyer. Almost. Okay. That could come in handy. <laughs> and Val doesn't know that they're on the outs. Okay. I can buy that. Yep. I buy it. Yep. And I don't know. I wonder if Val's just like... I th I do think she like just wants to have friends. Yeah, maybe. I mean, we've talked about in this pa in the past how like we think Val feels like she has to offer things to other people in order for them to want to be her friend. Right. So maybe this is her way of almost getting ahead of it. Right. Like mm -hmm. she's like before you know anything happens, I'm gonna do this thing for you so that you can see that I'm valuable or that I'm worthwhile or whatever. Because ultimately, she just doesn't want to be alone. Yeah, <laughs> but she's the worst babysitter in the absolute <laughs> world. Yeah. Like, I can't believe it. She was like, I practically raised my sister. Cindy, vouch for me. And then she does. And then immediately takes the baby somewhere she shouldn't. Yeah. I mean, the fact that she even says, well, yeah, I have to go by the uh, peach pit after dark. I'm like, no, you shouldn't bring a baby there. You know, but Andrea's like, whatever, bye. And it's fine. <laughs> How is a nightclub better than anywhere you can't take your baby? Exactly. I didn't well, understand that. Oh, and Mary, I think you might have said it earlier, like while we were chatting, is does she have a seat? Does she have a baby seat? How did she get this baby to mm. a secondary location? Yeah. Did she just literally take the stroller and pick it up and just with Hannah in it and set it in the car somehow? God, I just imagine Val being like a baby in the lap driver. <gasps> oh my god. Oh man. Like there's no way she has 
a car seat. Like, does Andrea even drive? Have we ever? Well, I guess we have seen her drive a car to the motel. But like, but but like, I doubt they can afford two car seats or two cars between her and Jesse. Oh my god! So like, if Jesse has the car to be at Dylan's, what are the logistics here? (laughs) The thing is, how is this baby safe? (laughs) I feel like they just ignore all of these things. They're like. As far as we know, CU's campus is right next to the Peach Pit, is right next to Dylan's house, is right next to the Walsh's house. Like, yeah. As far as we know, same block. Small town California. (laughs) Small town LA. Yeah. Oh, my God. All you have to do is just make the big city feel small. (laughs) But we we get a quick interlude scene before we see where Val takes Anna. Because... Donna shows up that outside of Jeopardy testing and says, Claire and Brandon did really well on their test. Now they're doing practice rounds. And then Steve is like, well, I don't like Claire because of what she did to David. Yeah. And I guess I don't know what she did to David besides break up with him when actually he broke up with her. Right? Like, he was the one who obviously had feelings for his ex. And then said, why don't we make a smart decision and let's end it? Yeah. Like, it's Steve has such a weird loyalty where, like, he will turn against women for his bro. It's bros before hoes to yeah. the end. That's true. I, it just doesn't make sense to me because Steve and David aren't really that close anymore. So I didn't understand the loyalty. And I could see Steve wanting to, like, get buddy-buddy with Claire to date her. <laughs> so it surprised me, the loyalty that he chose. Or, like, yeah, to get in with Claire to stay close to the pee pad. Yeah, yeah. For when he's, like, legally able to be involved with it again. True. But it doesn't matter because Brandon and Claire come out of the practice rounds. They're arguing Claire is accusing Brandon of cheating off of her. And then Brandon calls Claire a cold-hearted bitch for answering questions in French. I'm sorry. He, I think you're looking for the word beach. <laughs> I debated trying to do it in a French accent, and I just – I couldn't. Well, even if you couldn't, neither can Brandon, so. <laughs> <laughs> Very fair. But, like, wow, Brandon. Yeah. What an escalation. Seriously, that went from like zero to 100 real fast. Which Walsh twin has the worst French accent? It's Brandon because his is barely there. At least Brenda like committed. They, I feel like they both got the same accent because he says beach and she says reek. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I miss that French accent. <laughs> I miss it so much. I, I just can't could... believe we're without Brenda Walsh. I can't believe I it. I wonder if they have Jeopardy in London. Like if she gets the channel. Oh my god. Oh no. I hope they videotaped it and then had to put the VHS tape in a like bubble package and ship it to her so that she can watch. I would love that. Andrea. Oh. Please let that be canon. I would love it. I, I mean, I feel like no one can contradict me. True. That's true. But after Brandon calls Claire a cold-hearted beach, <laughs> it's time for a Jeopardy off. Yep. So while they're on the way to the pee pad, which is where Val is supposed to be, 
Val is on the way to Dylan's house with Hannah. <laughs> Where did you steal that? <laughs> and then she's just like trying to have sex with Dylan while there's a baby in a stroller in the room. And then Jesse appears uh, because he's been here the whole time mm -hmm. and, and is furious. I mean, kind of rightfully so when your baby just shows up at Dylan's <laughs> house and you're like, uh, I don't know you. Yeah. And I mean, he gets really like angry with her and, you know, he's like, oh, I forgot. You guys are Andrea's friends, not mine. And then he takes Hannah and he's like, you can tell Andrea that I took Hannah to my parents' house. Mm -hmm. And just storms and just, out. Yeah, storms out. It's not great. It's it's really not great. Like, and I love that Val just like doesn't know about the affair. And she's like, "What? What is happening?" Yeah, she has no clue. For somebody who like gets her little paws on everything, she has no idea what's going on. So it's kind of great. Yeah. So then we do go to the pee pad, where Brandon and Claire are playing Jeopardy. Steve is the host. Donna is keeping score, and then Andrea walks in. Yep, and so Andrea says she'll hang out and watch, but makes kind of a casual comment about how she got the card accepted for Jeopardy or whatever, so she could potentially be from CU to compete on College Jeopardy. And Kelly's like, hmm, you don't say. And so, you know, initially, Kelly thought it was a bad idea to have Andrea be involved with Jeopardy with everything going on. Like, that's like one less thing she needs. But then she's like, wait a minute. She actually might need this right now. So she's like, hey, um, isn't there usually three players in Jeopardy? And calls Andrea a quality player, which obviously she is. For sure. And the next thing I hear is, what is the internet? <laughs> I didn't write anything else because then I heard, what is the internet? And laughed. Yeah, the only other thing I wrote was, like, at this point in the episode, we don't know where Andrea had to run off to. So mm -hmm. I was really hoping she had to run off to do a Jeopardy test. Yeah. Man, I also loved that Andrea just wipes the floor with them, like, answers every question right. Brandon and Claire don't even get a chance to answer because she also has that buzzer speed. Hell yeah. And then Kelly is pumped for Andrea when she wins. And then I noticed how giant Kelly's pants are. Oh, I didn't even notice because I was like, after Andrea wins is when Claire and Brandon are talking. And they're like, do you realize we were just trounced by a housewife? Yeah, this is one of those moments that scars you for life. I was like, mm. rude. So rude. And I think it's kind of the point. It's like, she is so much more than this. And we're finally getting... I guess, an opinion of how the gang feels about Andrea mm -hmm. and who she is, but more of who she's become, less of who she really is. Because they never would have called her a housewife when she first started at CU, having the computer and being an RA and going pre-med. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't matter because all this gets cut short. Val comes in. She tells Andrea that Jesse took Hannah. And that he was talking like a lawyer in the middle of a custody battle. Mm -hmm. And then for some reason, she's like, I told Andrea that I think Jesse's going to file for divorce. Oh, yeah. She just goes like inflates everything. Yeah. And Andrea runs off and they are back at their house, right? Yeah. Yeah. This is their house and they are fighting like yeah. hardcore. 
they are screaming. And like, yeah, y'all have trust issues. You have to be honest about what you're doing right now. Mm-hmm. And she finally admits like, yeah, I went to go see a lawyer because now she's worried that Jesse's already lawyered up because he's literally a lawyer or at least, you know, trying to be. So, of course, that's what he's going to be thinking of. So she needs to defend herself. And she just straight up screams at him, which I hated the scene because obviously, like I say, I hated it. It was a sad scene, right? Because there's this big confrontation between these folks. But man, what a scene by Gabrielle Carteris. I honestly thought she brought it. I loved when she kind of got to the heightened point of her anger and just opens the door and yells at him to get out. I thought this was some of her finest acting. Oh, it was so emotional in like the best Mm -hmm. way. Yep. It totally was. And he leaves. Jesse leaves. Yeah. And then we go back to the beach apartment, get a weird moment where Claire's dad calls whatever. Mm -hmm. And then we see her daydream about Jeopardy. (laughs) It is her turn to have a Jeopardy dream. And all the categories are about Brandon. Um, The categories are. Minnesota studs, Walsh's, twins, chancellor's lackeys, hot guys, and presidents. <laughs> Man, she really thinks Brandon's dumb. I wanted a- another category that was like task force. <laughs> oh my God, like if that. only. Oh my God, I would have loved it. But, but yeah, so like Claire goes on to compete in the round and yeah, every answer, or I guess rather every question is who is Brandon Walsh? And so she ends up like running away with it and the prize is not money. It's something much, much better than money. <laughs> well, Claire, you have won your very own Brandon Walsh with movable limbs and combable hair. This Brandon Walsh comes with his very own Mustang and will provide hours of fun. Oh, my God. (laughs) I lost it. And I love that he just, like, comes out on stage and just stands there. He doesn't do anything else. He just stands there. Oh, my gosh. This was, like, the best moment of perhaps any episode that we've had thus far. (laughs) Easily. I love that Chancellor Arnold that comes out and is like, I need Brandon for business. Yes. Very important business. And then Claire just gets a French guy. (laughs) Yeah. Gaston. God, what a scene. This was a money scene right here. This should have aired during sweeps. Right? Like, (laughs) we could have done so much better. Oh, yeah. So the next morning, Brandon goes to Andre's apartment with a full bagel breakfast, which was Mm -hmm. adorable. He was like, I got those little salty things. I got bagels. I got locks. Yep. This is my dream that a friend will just show up with a full bagel breakfast for me. I mean, honestly, this is one of the few times that we see Brandon being um, not just a good friend, but like an intuitive friend, not, Mm -hmm. you know, assuming um, that Andre is down and going to need some support. And I just really don't think we see that enough from him. Um, We see Brandon the fighter, you know, like, and I mean like verbally because he doesn't get in a lot of fistfights or anything. It's just... He goes, he'll go to bat for somebody um, and loudly, but you don't often see kind of the more vulnerable moments from him. 
and seeing him actually like caring for his friend to that friend with no other audience, with no mm-hmm. one else to show up for. It's just him in that one-on-one um, conversation. And I actually like, I really enjoyed this scene because this is who Brandon and Andrea are like yeah. as friends. Th- this is one of the core friendships of this whole show. So I was happy to finally see that again. Yeah. Well, I think the thing is like, since Brandon is the main character of this show, he does everything. Yeah. Because, like, we've seen him be this, like, not exactly the same kind of friend, but you remember when Dylan was, like, at rock bottom and Brandon yep. tried to organize the intervention and, like, had to take the gun from Dylan and storms out of the house. And then when Dylan passes out, Brandon comes in and literally watches him sleep to make sure he stays alive. True. Mm-hmm. Which, like, also was this season. This season is so long. Yeah. Oh my God, it is. Yeah. And so Andrea is like, oh, I can't represent California University on Jeopardy because of life. Brandon admits that he knows that Jesse was living at Dylan's, which like kind of how, but everything happens in off Screensville. Yeah. And I think this is the first time that Andrea is willing to admit to someone that she was ready to leave Jesse. Well... No, no, she she did it to Dylan too. Never mind. Yes. No, but what she does admit, this is the first time she's admitted that she has been going down a path that isn't working out for her, but also that she feels like something's wrong with her. Like not that the situations are wrong, but that she is wrong. And that really broke my heart. I know. And like, I do really appreciate that Brynn's like, you haven't seemed happy since high school. Right. Like, this was, I'm telling you, man, like, Brandon can be a good character. He can be a good guy. He can be a good friend. And he can be a good character because he doesn't, he listens here. He doesn't just wait for a moment to start talking. He lets Andrea get her feelings out. And, you know, she's saying, like, I married Jesse because I thought we had something. Mm -hmm. But now look at us. This is a year later and we both cheated. And... Now I can't help but feel that something is wrong with me. And like you said, Brandon tells her that ever since high school, she hasn't seemed happy and kind of keeps quiet again. He lets her speak again because she starts talking about how she started backing off of the things that made her happy for some reason. And she, you know, talking about um, going to Yale and um, the paper and all this kind of stuff. It's like yep. she just feels messy. And, like, I do feel like this is a realization that she had to have. The only way that she and Jesse are going to be able to repair something is for her to realize that a lot of her underlying feelings have been there. And it's not just, like, all Jesse's fault kind of a thing. Yeah. A hundred percent. I mean, it does take two to tango. But it's that classic thing of you can't be happy with somebody else until you're happy with yourself. Yeah. And I think Andre is finally kind of realizing that. Exactly. Um, and luckily, Brandon's there to help her, not just tell her, you know, what's wrong, what the answer is, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. No, I really enjoyed this up until the part that Andrea gets into Brandon's lap. And then they have their dumb, dumb, weird friend kiss thing. Everyone always has to kiss. I don't get it. I don't get it. I need someone to tell me that this was normal um, between friends back in the mid to late 90s because I don't believe it. (laughs) 
I like wrote a rant in my notes. I was like, is this a 90s thing? Is this a California thing? What the fuck is going on? Like, I just need someone to tell me that this happened a lot. So then I'll be like, okay, I can acknowledge that this happened a lot and that I hate it. (laughs) I honestly, I feel like I've watched a lot of shows in the 90s and they don't do this. Yeah, that's true. I just don't know. Man. I mean, like, I'm just going to put it in our current terms real quick Mm -hmm. because we're all married. We're all in committed relationships, but we're also all friends Like, I am friends with John and, you know, like, Nate is friends with you. Like, like, there's all these combinations. But could you imagine? (laughs) I can't even get the words out. Can you imagine? I'm just, no, I can't. Yeah. I genuinely can't. Like, one of of our opposite sex friends giving us advice on something and then ending it with a kiss full well being in committed fine perfectly happy relationships with also your friend that's that's the thing like friend kisses don't totally exist for me like the idea of kissing someone who's not john weirds me out yeah like i could understand because like i've i'm pretty sure i've kissed each of you on the head or the cheek or something before also oh, yeah, I get drunk though. and do affectionate friend kisses, but never on the lips. Th- I think exactly. that's the thing that's weirding me like, out. Like, that's a is- different kind of wasted. It's a younger yes. kind of wasted. Right. Yes. It's, like, never with a member of the opposite sex and never on the lips. I think that's – because I've kissed every single one of my friends on the head or on the cheek. Yeah. Every single one. Female friend. But if you introduce a male friend and you introduce the lips, I'm out. <laughs> right. Just not interested. Weird and I hate it. Yep. It's just weird. Speaking of weird. Yes. At the beach apartment, David comes over claiming that he's looking for Kelly. We actually don't know if he is or not. I kind of Mm -hmm. assume he is, but Claire is like, you don't have to lie about coming here just to see Donna. Right. (laughs) Calling him out from day one. Still doing it. Well, I mean, he literally, he shows up and he's like, hey, where's Kelly? She's like, she's not here. He wants to come in. And then he's like, how's Donna? And Claire is like, oh, really? Mm -hmm. Donna? Mm -hmm. And he doesn't get it. He's like, I don't know why you're mad at me. That's the second time in, I think, as many episodes where he's like, what? What did I do? I'm like, bruh, you got to know. You got to know. You have to know. Yeah. And then he, like, kind of keeps making it weird. The phone rings, and it's Ray finally calling to talk to Donna, and David picks up. And then even when Donna comes out of the shower and out of the bathroom, and she's like, why are you here? <laughs> like, David doesn't immediately hand her the phone. No. He just stands there. And then finally, Donna gets to talk to Ray, and we learn, you know, Ray's had some drama on tour. His gig got postponed. He got an amp stolen, like – all this stuff, but on the bright side, he's going to be in Portland um, over spring break, which that's, they probably didn't intend to, but it was cute that he knew when Donna's spring break was, or maybe it was just college's spring break and they just assume every college has the same spring break. It doesn't matter. It's subtly cute. Um, I choose to believe he knew when CU's spring break was. I would love to believe that. Um, but yeah, he invites her to come out there and visit him and she's so excited and is immediately like, yes, 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 I will be there. I know. And then she hangs up and she talks to David about Claire and him breaking up, but then says she's going to Portland and David's like, what a coincidence. I was also going to go to Portland. 
we should hook up. Yeah. He says hook up and I'm like, I don't think you, that word means what you think it means. <laughs> right. And like, I swear he says it and Donna's face is just like, wait, what? What do you mean by that, bro? You mean have dinner together and then go our separate ways and I will bring my boyfriend. Yeah, exactly. What a coincidence. Ugh. So the rest of the episode, all about Jeopardy. All Jeopardy, mm-hmm. only Jeopardy, basically. Mm-hmm. Brandon and Claire have both decided they're not going to do Jeopardy, but they banded together behind Andrea and take her to go do her own written test. While she's at the written test, Jesse goes to Dylan's to get Hannah's diaper bag. He keeps trying to learn about Andrea's affair, and he's like, well, you might as well tell me because you're going to get subpoenaed for divorce proceedings. And Dylan loses it. Yeah, I mean, rightfully so. He says something that's so true of this whole episode where he's like, you guys have been so worried about building a case that you've actually lost sight of work working things out. You know, they're so worried about getting the right defense and the right lawyer and the right, you know, tactics for making sure they get custody of Hannah and all this kind of stuff instead of actually thinking, wait, this is a marriage that we could potentially save. Yeah, which would have been a great thing to work out in therapy. Yep. Just saying. Just saying. So then we're back to Jeopardy, and we're at the written test again, and it's Andrea's turn, but not to dream, but to flash back. Um, Watching Jeopardy as a kid with Grandma Rose, who apparently has stayed the same age and look for many moons. (laughs) Forever. But it's cute because um, at that point is where we see one question, or I guess one answer, on the show, and... Andrea knows it. And so Grandma Rose is like, oh, my God, how'd you know that? And she's like, history is my favorite subject and blah, 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 blah. It's cute. Good little scene. Um, But then we don't see her again until she's exiting the written test. And Jesse and Hannah have surprised her there. Um, She thinks she's passed the test. It's cute because he's like, you know, I guess taking to heart what Dylan said. He tells her he loves her. He loves Hannah. He wants to come home. She's all wrapped up in the moment. They kiss. And then we do something we haven't seen, I don't think, on Beverly Hills 90210 before. Time jump in an episode. I know. I I saw that. It was one month later, and I was like, we just had a three-week time jump after sweeps. Like, we are going. Mm-hmm. Full steam ahead. Screw spring semester. <laughs> yeah. But it's cute here because we're at the peach pit. And the whole gang is watching the episode of Jeopardy um, that Andre was on because it, as it turns out, she made it. She mm-hmm. made it through all the tests, all the screen tests, all that stuff to BCU's representative. She is in the lead and it is final Jeopardy. And the clue that we get is a very, very similar question to the one in her flashback with Grandma Rose. And it just ends without us really actually knowing, which was very lame as we talked about in the beginning. But we all know she won. I mean, we all know she won. I just feel like I would have loved to watch her win. Me too. But yeah. Me too. She won. She totally won. So yeah, all, all that to say, it's awesome that she did probably definitely won, but I don't love that. I'm very conflicted that Jesse and Hannah showed up to the written test and they just fell back into each other like that. Like, I need to see the work. I need to see... Them not forgetting about what happened, but going through the process of forgiveness. I don't know. I just, I'm conflicted. Yeah. 
we need to see them rebuild this relationship like that rocking chair from last episode. Yes, where's my rocking chair metaphor? Well, and, you know, like the earlier stuff where they were, you know, not being honest with each other about where, you know, Andrea was all day and all these, like, we need to see them be honest with each other and not just be like, oh, I love you. And also, she didn't say it back. I think she may have. I think she may have. Oh, did she? I thought I heard it, but the subtitles didn't catch it. I thought I, maybe I was projecting. I don't know. I heard Jesse say it twice and her say it not at all. Okay, maybe that's what it was. Maybe that's what it was. Yikes, guys. Yeah. <laughs> like, oof. God. Well, at least we immediately went back into Jesse and Andrea stuff and not just, like, skipped over it for another episode because we still have, like, seven episodes left. Oh, my God. I know. Uh, which, maybe in those episodes, we'll see them working on their relationship. Who knows? Yep. Quote of the week. I have like a funny option and I have a serious option. Okay. So I didn't write the whole Brandon Walsh thing, but when she wins her very own Brandon Walsh with movable limbs <laughs> and combable hair and his very own Mustang. Yeah. But then. It's a great one. Also at the end when she has the flashback of Andrea playing Jeopardy. And Grandma Rose sees her get the question right. And she's like, you can do anything you set your mind to and don't let anyone tell you differently. And that was just cute. I mean, I know that's probably not it, but it was really cute. It is cute. Hey, and it is a good reminder for Andrea. Right? All right, Mary, what you got? Okay, so this one is just, it's dumb. Um, (laughs) It's just Chancellor Arnold calling Brandon to be a butthole for no reason. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. And saying... The only way you'll win is if the category is funny haircuts. Oh, my God. I forgot about that. I love that so much. Um, I just love that Chancellor Arnold thinks that Brandon has a funny haircut. <laughs> I love that he just, like, threw shade. Yeah. <laughs> so funny. Like, his favorite guy, but yeah. never more favorite than Claire. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely not. Never. Love that hierarchy. Also, sometimes I parenthesis thing that are just my interpretations of conversations and not <laughs> actual quotes. So I understand. Um, yeah. yeah, David coming in and just being stupid. Um, so uh, how's Donna holding up without Ray? Just immediately after he's like, where's Kelly? Yeah, right. Oh, my God, David. Never known how to read a room. <laughs> and then David just being like, she's in the shower when he answers the phone. Like, he knows what he's doing. Yeah. No, it makes me think of the whole um, back and forth in Legally Blonde where they say, you know, she was in the shower or I was in the shower like a hundred times. And the judge finally like, okay, I think we've made it clear that she was in the shower. (laughs) I love that the judge said that, though, not to make Mm -hmm. this a Legally Blonde podcast. But <laughs> I love it when she said that, though, because it just really helped Elle drive home her fucking point at the end once she got around to it. Yeah, because she was clearly like going through it in her head. Like, I'm 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 doing it. I'm going through it. I'm talking out loud like I need I need this to work out. But then she gets snapped back into reality like, oh, yes. OK, we're good. And now, boom, she just lawyers her. It's it's very uh, mean girls when she's with the mathletes. And she has to figure oh out God. the limit. Yes. The limit does not exist. <laughs> the limit does not exist. 
All right. Okay, yeah, that was like all I had. Perfect. Well, ding, 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 we have a winner with just the whole, you have your very own Brandon Walsh and I the whole it. thing. It just, it was hilarious. It was perfect. Even I would have included like the categories <laughs> of Jeopardy that round. Um, I just thought it was hilarious and I loved it. It was so good. And I love that it was a daydream. It wasn't even like a yes. subconscious dream. No, it was like an active dream. <laughs> Mary, do you have a co- or a moment of the week? I do. And it is when Dylan is talking to Jesse while yelling at Jesse and just being like, what is it that you actually want? Don't be a lawyer. Be a person and think about it. And the reason is because I heard Fred Andrews in this speech. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, big time. Oh, my God, Dylan, you grow up to be such a good man. Yeah. <laughs> we think. We think. We think. Okay, fair. Okay, so that wraps up this week. Next week, we have – oh, Jesus. We have Season 5, Episode 26, A Song for My Mother. I mean, it's going to be David and his mom. Yeah, the thumbnail is something. Oh, no. Okay. Well, yeah, we'll find out if it's about David and his mother or if it's some other mother. Or if it's not a mother at all and it's just somebody at the pee pad singing that we don't see again. (laughs) I hope it's not that we don't see someone (laughs) singing at the pee pad again. I know. I'm so sad. And we have so many times that we're going to miss it. Ugh, I know. Well. Either way, we'll find out next week. And until then, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Back2Podcast. Or throw us an email. Let us know if kissing your friends on the lips was a thing in the 90s or we're just crazy. Uh, do that at Back2Podcast at gmail.com. That's B-A-C-K-T-O podcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to go into your podcast app and rate, review, subscribe, share it with your friends and family. All those sorts of things help us get seen. They help us build a community. You know, it really helps us out. If you give us a five-star rating, we'll give you a shout-out on the podcast. And we just really appreciate it. So, like, thank you if you did it and keep doing it. (laughs) So, until next week, from all of us at Back to Podcast, I have movable limbs and combable hair. I come with my very own Mustang, and I provide hours of fun. And I am a pretentious, cold-hearted beach. (laughs) Bye. Bye. (laughs) See ya. (laughs) 